Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I got away with the most F-bombs dropped and not getting fined on a tennis court. <laughs> it wasn't a total <laughs> but, but yeah, exactly. There was a win there, uh, especially on Wimbledon. Hey everyone, John Worth, I'm here. It is this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well and enjoyed Wimbledon 2017. Lots of highlights, obviously, Roger Federer winning for the eighth time chief among them, especially uh, a few weeks from his turning 36. That is still a year younger than Venus Williams, who at 37 won six matches and got to the finals. Garbina Muguruza won the women's title, her first Wimbledon Second major overall, lots of highlights, but uh, we are going to talk with uh, another player who made some news at Wimbledon, unfortunately uh, less happily so, Bethany Maddox-Sands. If you have not seen her injury during week one, that's probably a good thing, and you know what? She hasn't seen it either, but uh, it was jarring to watch, and uh, the good news is she is not necessarily back on her feet, uh, literally, but she is... uh, Metaphorically, she's in good spirits. She returned to New York. A lot of you asked about her, asked how she was doing, what the plan is going forward, what the diagnosis is. And as it so happens, she is doing rehab in New York, just a few uh, subway stops away from from my apartment. So we paid a visit on Tuesday, spent some time uh, Tuesday afternoon with Bethany, who is uh, unfortunately something less than mobile and her husband Justin you can hear his uh you can hear him a bit in the background had a nice uh had a nice time and i think you get a sense that uh you will be seeing more of her this injury will sideline her from the court for uh an indeterminate amount of time but uh she ain't going anywhere so anyway um this is a uh, this is a fun talk this is a sort of insight i thought into what uh an athlete goes through when they don't just have a serious injury but when they're sort of waiting to see what's what's next um Anyway, good conversation. Uh, here's Bethany Maddox-Sands in person. 
Okay, first, first tell us where we are. Okay, right now we are at, where, where are we? We're up in the 26th floor. Uh, I have an amazing view of New York skyline right now, but we're on 66th and 2nd, I think. A little different from the last time we saw you. <laughs> Glad I, to see you're in better spirits. Yeah, I'm kind of bedridden right now. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been doing all my like commentary and everything from my bed, like in bed with Bethany. And I'm right now I'm hooked up to an ice unit, game ready ice unit. I got an electric stim unit that um, is on my knee as well. I'm pretty much rehabbing all the time. I so. gotta take a photo of this. Yeah, I was gonna say, this is some heavy duty, uh, it's a it, heavy duty contraption. I know, right kind of, it looks a lot more intense than it is. It's, it's uh, just kind of keeping the pain down for now. <laughs> what, uh, what, what are these? What is it, about 10 days now? What have these last uh, 10 days, two weeks been like for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, last 10 days has been really up and down. Um, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people saw the video of what happened at Wimbledon. I personally have not watched the video, and I'm nice. not going to. Good. No. Good. I actually hate watching sports injuries and the replays, and everyone gets it in slow-mo. But um, I, I know a lot of people watched it. I'm, I can just kind of explain what I went through um, I was, uh, I'd, all I remember was coming up to the net. I heard my knee pop. I felt like I took an extra step and my leg kind of went out from under me. Um, apparently I got hit with the ball actually. Uh, that's my opponent had hit back, Serana. I didn't, I didn't even realize this. I was on my way, I was on my way down. Yeah, I was on my way down. And I just felt immediate like pressure, pain in my knee, and I made the mistake of looking down at it. And I just saw that it was really, it was either broken or it was dislocated. And I think it was a combination of the pain and looking at it that j I just kind of freaked out right there. And I, if everyone, anyone that watches tennis a lot, you know that when you get hurt, actually, a lot of people won't come to you right away. They, they kind of wait for, to see if you're okay. Because a lot of times, like, tennis players go down. It's like an ankle here or there. And a lot of times they can get back up or it's not too, too traumatic. But I, <laughs> I knew I was not after looking also, at it. the second someone touches you. Yeah, second. Well, other than, yeah, other than the trainer, right, exactly. Right. Um, someone, so Justin was the first one to touch me, obviously. But uh, so then the match is over. But I looked at my knee and I felt it. And I knew I wasn't getting back up. So I immediately knew. Do you, in, in combat sports, one of the things they do is, like, train for pain. Is, is there anything comparable in tennis? I mean, is there any, like, preparation that you go through or anything, even mentally? I, in this instance, I, not really. I mean, the only thing that I can kind of compare to is that I've had two hip surgeries already. I've hurt this knee before. I've sprained my ankle on the court. So I, I knew you know, what to expect, and you kind of go through everything, you know, breathing, relax, and, it, you know, in that moment, uh, it was just too excruciating, not going to lie. But tennis players, I feel like we're not, it's not a contact sport. Right, it's right. not, we don't have to get used to being tackled or, you know, like it's not fi a fighting sport, we're getting punched or anything, so I feel like we're not, <laughs> we're not really used to any of that kind of pain. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, I think we're all used to all these long-term, like if stress fractures and you know things yeah, like, like that. Ding, I feel like dinged up in I the feel like court. tennis players are amazingly right. um, tough when it comes to that because I I think everyone I know is playing with something. They're all, I mean, 
unless you physically can't walk out on the court, everyone has got something that's hurting them a little bit. And I feel like for everyone to play as well as they do, move as well as they do, they've really kind of pushed that to the back of their mind. But, I mean, you don't, I don't feel like you see something like this happen a, a ton just live and in the middle of a right. match. So you, uh, you went right to the hospital. Yeah. And then you flew out, I guess, two nights later? Yeah, I flew out a couple nights later, so I was a little bit in limbo with my... So what had happened was my patellar tendon ruptured, um, so that's why my kneecap dislocated and went halfway up my quad. Um, so I was kind of in limbo for a little bit just with it not being attached, uh, so I just felt like I was dragging an appendage <laughs> behind me. Um, the pain was, I mean, it was pretty excruciating, but I... The one thing I kept saying on court, and I'm sure there's audio of me dropping 100 F-bombs. <laughs> you're, um, you're, you're permitted. No, no, <laughs> like, no point penalty for Yeah. That. Uh, I think I got away with the most F-bombs dropped and not getting fined <laughs> on a tennis court. Like, it wasn't a total. <laughs> but, but yeah, exactly. There was a win there, uh, especially on Wimbledon. So... Um, but I just kept telling the trainers and Justin, I was like, don't let them surprise me and straighten my leg. I was like, all I had in my mind was like this World War One image where there's like guys holding this dude down, a dirty rag in his mouth, and they're like going to straighten his leg. It's just excruciating. I was like, do not let them do this to me. That's all I'm asking. Let them knock me out in the hospital and straighten my leg. So... Uh, needless to say, that is what happened. Like, nobody's, right. nobody's straight my leg. I kind of woke up in the hospital later, and it was in a cast. So uh, that, was, that was okay. But, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have surgery, obviously, until I got back to the U.S., got here to New York, um, flew back. That was... Um, you went to HSS, right? Not well, yeah, went to right HSS. Now. I've been here before. I actually had my hip surgery done here. Um, obviously, a different doctor for, for my knee, but they do an amazing job. I mean, really... From start to finish, they've they've really been awesome. Um, I'm I'm just started my rehab as well, and my rehab really isn't too exciting. It's literally I'm trying to engage my quad. I I can't bend my leg. It's I'm just trying to get a little. I was gonna say I'll I'll take a photo of this people <laughs> mind, but you're like, I mean this is 180. You're not bending it. No, I I'm allowed 15 degrees, which is really nothing. Um, I still need help kind of getting on and off the couch or out of bed <laughs> I have a lot of help yeah I have a 24-hour nurse I actually have a bell on my phone I have one of the apps <laughs> keep the world's strongest nurse if that's yeah exactly yeah if you can't carry me around you got, then, a, you got a nurse that can uh then no one bench will. twice his weight what um what are they telling you uh, time-wise, I mean, I wish I could I wish I knew actually they I'm I'm getting ready to have the post-op uh, check in with my doctor later this week and he'll kind of give me the scoop on on everything and how he thinks it's healing obviously the stitches are still in all that's still in the inflammation's still going down but with the patellar tendon I you know a big part of the rehab is actually not moving it for a few weeks you're really letting the sutures heal um, my my tear was pretty clean off the bone so that was that's actually a good thing that was it helped him um, I guess in surgery reattach it but it's definitely going to be a month and a half before I'm even looking at really bending a lot. <laughs> so the good news is once I, I am allowed to start bending and moving it, it just comes down to strength, um, building confidence back in, in your, 
run and your gait and all of that. And I feel like I have a great program to, once that kind of starts, it will be a little bit faster recovery. But right now it's, I feel like a snail, like it's super slow. And you, you don't <laughs> even know when you're leaving. I don't know New when York I'm leaving. No, I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying New York City though. I love it here. So not that I'm walking around in any capacity, but I'm getting a lot of food delivered to me <laughs> in bed. Um, and I've had a lot of friends come by and visit me. So I feel like I've, you know, been enjoying myself, even though I've been kind of in the same <laughs> two areas you, the majority uh, of the day. Remember you were telling me before, you had your, you had your whites for Wimbledon. Yep. And then you had your, uh, you had your regular attire for, uh, for the other tournaments. Yeah, so I was you... actually planning on staying uh, in Europe and playing a couple red, uh, red clay tournaments after Wimbledon. So... Uh, behind me, it looks. I mean, it looks like we're <laughs> hoarders. <laughs> I have all my no, bags, but, but like better, everything. Better that than I've only got a carry-on bag and I've got to go shopping for. Yeah. At least you've got. At least you've got some. Uh, but I still want outfit. an excuse to go shopping here in New York too. You I mean, Retail therapy helps. What, what was uh? Wait, what was the thinking between behind playing the clay events? I actually played the events last year. Uh, there's one in Vestad in Switzerland, and then there's one in Sweden. And they're great tournaments. Uh, it, it is kind of a quick transition because you went from being playing red clay, obviously through French Open, switching to the grass from Wimbledon, and then going back to red clay. But I feel like sometimes going from a faster surface to a slower surface is actually an easier transition. Um, I've always felt comfortable on clay. Uh, that's always been no problem adjusting to that. I feel like as tennis players, we're kind of used to conditions always changing. Even on hard courts, you're used to some being uh, slow, some being fast, some being slight. I mean, you can slide on some, you, you'll get stuck on some. So I feel like we all kind of adapt pretty quick. I would say grass is almost one of the trickier surfaces, really. Um, and I'm not even just saying that because I, I, was I, say, you, I wiped uh, out there. But you'll, even, if you, if, even if you watched other players on, at Wimbledon, you see all these high-level, finely-tuned athletes wiping out more than any other surface. It's just... Uh, well, even, you, even Murray, once a match, would like, yeah. fall on his ass. You know, like, you're <laughs> yep. champ. Yeah, and it's... Uh, it's just if you hit the wrong patch that's a little bit slick on the, you know, the outer edge of your shoe, it goes from, you know, you go from being firmly planted in the ground to immediately sliding. And, it, and it's interesting because as tennis players, when we're, we're used to playing on a slippery surface like clay. So we're used to having a consistent slide, but on clay, you kind of know what you're going to get. You know where it's going to be slippery. You know how far to slide. Um, and on grass, it just... It, you know, the the weather plays a big part. If it's humid that day or if it's dry, and it's all these little things that kind of factor in to the surface. Was, it, was this a grass injury or is this the kind of thing that could have happened going to the grocery store? Like, it just, it just looked like... <laughs> if I like, burst or ruptured my patellar tendon going to the grocery store, I need to reevaluate. But this, don't, don't want you, there's no reason for you to my watch the highlight. Protocol. But this was not like, you weren't like sprinting to the corner. and I mean, this was... It was, a, it was it was a it standard like yeah. split step right. going right. in approach shot going in to hit a volley. Um, I think. But was it the grass or was there? Did you? It had. It was like the. Per, I feel like it was the perfect storm. I mean, there's. I'm not again. I'm not going to watch the replay, Don't. but I I know at what point uh, and where I was. I knew I wasn't overextending. I knew I wasn't right. you know running to the corner. Um, there's the shoes that we wear for grass. They actually. Um, that they're, I mean, how would you describe that? It's not, 
dimple, like the dimples on the bottom of the court. You're actually not allowed to, they're not allowed to go up onto the side of your shoe, um, which would, your instep, which would okay. give you a little bit more, tra like just how we move right now, we, we use that instep a lot, especially for split steps and stuff like that. And I feel like if you hit the grass with that instep and there's no traction, you, you lose a lot of, I mean, you'll, your leg will go out. And that's, I've seen other players kind of wipe out in that, in a similar position, but you know, is it the grass court shoes? Is it the grass? There's a lot of debate. I mean, it's a it's a surface that we really we only play on three weeks of the right, year, right? Right. Uh, and there's and you don't play on it anywhere else. The um, you know you were you were obviously going for uh, fourth straight slam. Did, could you bring yourself to watch the doubles final? I <laughs> I know the result, and actually I was I'm. It's funny because my warm up for the singles match that I got hurt in was actually with. Um, Elena Vesnina, who ended up, her and Makarova ended up winning it, and I'm really good friends with them, and I uh, knew they had a had a great chance of doing well. They're they're a tough team. We lost to them last year in the championships in Singapore, so it, obviously a part of me wanted to give myself the chance to go for that um, fourth Grand Slam in a row and that you know Wimbledon title that that we don't have, but. You know, that's not saying it was a guarantee if I was healthy. There were plenty of good teams out there, and they were obviously the best ones coming away with the trophy. But you saw the scoreline. I saw the scoreline. <laughs> I saw the scoreline. I didn't that, see. But... I didn't see the match. I saw the scoreline. Someone told. Someone told me that the first set there were actually a lot of deuce games. So I'll tell I, you, it's funny. The the men's final was right before, and it was. 13, I can't remember. It's thirteen eleven or something. It was crazy yeah. match. And they said, oh, dear, we don't know if we're going to get this done on time. They, like, <laughs> rush the women out because they have to abandon. I think it's 11 o'clock. They've yeah. got to, like, and, you know, if this goes to recess, they may have to come back the next day. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh. I think everyone gets home on time. Yeah. Oh, man. That. Yep. That was, that was, yeah, tough, tough scoreline. You, but. um. I suspect you knew this already. You're, you know, and you're outgoing and you've been doing this for, you know, you've, you're a veteran player, but I... The outpouring from the tennis community was really, I thought, pretty remarkable. Yeah, no, it was amazing. I mean, I didn't realize, you know, how much support and love I really had, and you know, kind of until this happened. And it's just, it really kind of helped me in probably one of my tougher moments of my career. Just how how sudden and kind of traumatic that injury happened. I mean, I've dealt with injuries in the past, um, and even some on the court, but I feel like I've kind of always walked away, walked away, and this literally was the first one I haven't, I couldn't walk away from. And I think just, especially when you feel like you have so much momentum, you know, singles, doubles, everything, how I was playing, even how I was moving. I mean, people have asked me if I, you know, was even having knee issues before this moment and I really wasn't like I I was feeling really healthy I was I you know I was I, playing so your, well your French Open was yeah <laughs> everyone talks about the doubles title but you yeah. also get, had some get great to the middle weekend matches. and singles wins and, yeah yeah, six yeah, yeah. I played six matches in singles beat some great players um great and you know great doubles result obviously but so I think you know, all these thoughts in my mind were just racing when I when I went down, and I feel like all the support has really kind of helped me lift myself up. And I, you know, I'm a big believer in you know we have 
we don't can't control our circumstances we can't always control other people but we can we have a say in our attitude and it's easy to say that when things are going well and when you're winning and so I was like man it's I gotta walk the walk now if that's really what you know I'm I'm gonna tell other people or if that's the advice I'm gonna give to kids I'm like I gotta I gotta stick with it I was gonna ask you do you feel like people are and I feel like people are kind of looking at you and really sort of scrutinizing how you're dealing with this and are gonna deal with this I think so and I you know I'm taking it as a you're okay, that's that sirens are. I know, yeah. That's our I don't official, know, that's, our, that's our civic <laughs> anthem. Yeah. Uh, it's either bad or the taxi horn, exactly. so we're used to both. But um, now, it, it, I, you know, I'm taking it as an opportunity for myself to keep myself motivated because it was an easy time for me to kind of really get negative and think about you know why me and all this and that's just down a path that's not it's it's not who I am it's not what I believe it's and I feel like every, this being so public is kind of keeping me honest with myself a little bit and I hope that in a way it can encourage some other people that might be going through something that you know we do have a a choice in our attitude and we do we can still look at things in a positive way even when there's something that's not necessarily positive and you know I've I feel like once once I kind of start with this the momentum with a a positive attitude it's true there's so many things I'm grateful for even if I can't play tennis right now you know I'm really looking to enjoy other things off the court um during this rehab I mean yeah I was gonna say I mean you know but you're someone you you're a, you're married. You're not 22 years old and <laughs> watching Netflix all. But what, what are you? You always I'm have had other watching interest. Netflix. All right. <laughs> we all love Netflix. I'm not gonna lie. Gy- Gypsy, mixed, mixed, uh, mixed reviews on Gypsy. Um, Gypsy, all right. But uh, Game of no, Thrones. No, but you have other interests. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could blow through Game of Thrones. <laughs> but you have other. I mean, what, what have you thought about? How are you going to spend this time now? Uh, well, there's a few options. I'm not going to completely disappear from the tennis scene. Obviously, I'm looking to be here back in New York for U.S. For Open. Open. Yep, here for the U.S. Open. Um, hopefully, you know, I'll be around on the camera somewhere around town um, talking with some of my friends, uh, U.S. Open series even. But I don't know. I, I've kind of looked into things that I haven't done around Arizona. Like there's, I mean, there's... I haven't been to like Yellowstone. I haven't. I mean, that's not Arizona. I know that's, that's <laughs> not Arizona. But the, the I yeah, right. I haven't kind of explored Flagstaff and I, not again. I'm not moving too fast anytime soon. But um, you know, there's. I feel like there's a lot of a lot of things that I'm gonna do. I'm ma- I'm actually currently making a list. I feel like the first thing on my agenda was getting out of pain. <laughs> now, well, what, what's now your, what is your pain level now? Um, sitting here with the ice on it, I'm right. I'm like a one. I don't really feel okay. anything. It just feels stiff. But if I'm up on crutches, you know, for a good amount of time, even if I'm even not moving that much, just standing up, it gets it can get up to like an eight, nine. It's just oh really? Yeah, it it gets pretty you know, intense when, when gets... I'm standing up. Um, which is one of the reasons I'm <laughs> I'm either in my bed or on the couch right now. No reason. To but get it. I'm not a big um, painkiller type person I feel I actually get kind of nauseous when I'm on 
tequila. What, All that. Yeah, tequila. Uh, I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> once, we, we once I got off your, the pain uh, pills. Yeah. No, but we know that from your social media, so I'm not giving anything away. Yeah. You, you can be a little more liberal with your... Uh, <laughs> Your diet and your adult beverages. Right? Yes, exactly. Now's the time. I've been, I mean, wow. I've been eating pie. I've been eating chicken and waffles. I've been eating cookie dough. Coco <laughs> Vandaway just ordered me some tacos right now. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's been awesome. People are going to think I'm going to be Coco Vandaway ordered you tacos? Yeah, she got, she called Uber Eats. She's like, she's like, what can I do for you? You're like, I'm not there. She's like, I'm going to get you some food. I was like, all right. <laughs> so... Um, it's fantastic. It's been amazing, yeah. So, and then I have uh, my drink of choice is tequila. Um, Straight. I do. I do honestly, but in all honesty, I like a really good fresh margarita. That's really probably my favorite drink. You know, there's Salt a place, the right? Uh, I don't. I will know. talk. But um, <laughs> we've got some nearby choices. Okay, I need I need some options, but that's that's my go-to drink. I would say um, I mean a big bur- I'm a bourbon fan too. I mean my husband loves whiskey and all the strong stuff that I, I, I like a couple of them, not as, not as many as he does, but, um, yeah, my drink of choice is tequila. I like the Anejos. I like the Reposados and I'll drink, if it's a good one, I'll drink it straight. You can do all that now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I can talk See about doing it. Say. Yeah. See, we're coming up with all sorts of, uh, this is, this is all, this is all silver lining. The, um, did you watch the rest of Wimbledon at all? Did you, I uh, did. I, I watched a few matches here and there. You know what? For me, it's kind of hard because I really, just how I left sure, there and I wanted sure. to be there. And not that I, you know, don't love watching tennis and even even support, supporting my friends that were still playing. And, you know, I, but I didn't, I didn't watch a ton of it. But I caught, I caught the finals, uh, the men's final. And uh, obviously Roger was just on point. I mean, Roger was Roger. He was the more comfortable one in that final. Even, even though... Chilich, I like watching Chilich play. Like he's he's awesome, awesome player. Has a U.S. Open title. Uh, he Roger was in his element right there. So, but no, I was going to say that the the guy who won was you know thirty five point nine years old, and, uh, and he almost <laughs> was the young. He was almost a younger. You know, he's going to be thirty six next month, and the you know and the thirty seven year old got within uh, you know two sets of winning the women's title. Are you are you thinking, you know what? There's some, there's some road ahead here. For sure, it's so funny that when people talk about tennis players and athletes in general being in their 30s, it's like we're in our hundreds, like no joke. I mean, there are people that are running marathons that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Like, there's people conquering the world in whatever area they are and at all ages and I feel like we hit 30 and it's all of a sudden we should be given a cane or a walker with the tennis ball with the tennis balls on the bottom yeah like take take us out to pasture and uh but I think I I really see a lot of athletes and players now almost coming into their own in their 30s I you know a part Part of it is you've been on tour for so long, you know, so mentally, do you still want to do the grind? Tennis is a long season, so I feel like even if you're physically feeling pretty good, you know, mentally, are you willing to kind of play all the tournaments necessary? Are you willing to go through all the training? And I think that's a, that's a big part of maybe why people stop, um, and it's not completely physical, but I think right now everyone's more aware of their bodies, their training, their recovery, their nutrition. Um, all these things that kind of help us feel better uh, and play longer. And I think, 
I feel like it shouldn't be so shocking. People in their people you in don't, their you don't think that's anymore. just based on history. The like, you know, McEnroe turns twenty five, never wins another major. Even yeah. even so I don't I don't think Steffi won a major. Yeah. I think she got out when she was, you know, thirty years old and Yeah. That was that. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's you know, it's changed a lot and I mean I'm I, I'm only thirty two, so there's a few players older than me. I'm sure they get questioned more than me, and they got to get sick of it in interviews. Be like, guys, I'm like not one hundred and three this year. <laughs> like I'm thirty three, <laughs> and I'm feeling fresh because I, you know, I think I was I saw on on TV or maybe it was online something about is this the last hurrah for Roger and Venus? <laughs> I was like, what? I remember someone <laughs> saying Roger's going to play the London Olympics and that'll be a swan song. And, yeah, and I mean, they've been saying this for like since they've been 25, I think. <laughs> what do you think it is, though? Um, on which side? Like, why, why, do people are, why are people shocked that they're 30? No, because I, I think a lot of the shock is just historical. That, yeah. You know, I mean, Pete, Pete makes this amazing... By the time Sampras hit his late 20s, he was... Wasn't the Pete Sampras of his mid twenties? Yeah, but I think I mean, what? Why do you think it is that they, they said by by? I think someone told me this by the Australian Open there will be more men in the men's field in their thirties and in their twenties. That's a pretty cool stat. It's good, right? That is. That's. I mean, that's. I'm inspired by that because I'm in my thirties. But I'm not gonna lie. I, t- talking to you right now at thirty two, I feel physically okay. Besides my knee right now. I physically felt quite nasty. I know it was bad. Yeah, this is a bad example. Um, but I really physically felt better than I did in my twenties. I felt like I had more energy. I felt like I knew my game better. I felt like I was more efficient. I think a big part of tennis, what people don't realize, is really is being efficient with your strokes, with your movement, with your scheduling. Um, and I feel like it's gradually gotten easier to kind of pick the tournaments you want to play, get there right. early, take your time. I mean, Roger has even skipped majors to feel better. I mean, skip French Open, right. and that's, you know, that's tough to do, especially for competitors who want to win, win right. everything. Right. But what about a vulgar question? But uh, <laughs> no, but so, someone said part of it is is the money in the sense that, you know, it's still you're motivated to play. But I also heard from. a Someone was saying that when you start out, you're chasing points and you're wondering about should I get a physio and should I fly coach versus you reach a certain point where you are making better, the financial pressures go down, which helps, and also you're making decisions that are sort of investment-based and not paycheck-to-paycheck based. Definitely. Definitely. I I think that has helped. I mean, obviously the money has improved in tennis, we're still not equal with other professional sports right now, and that's kind of an ongoing <laughs> uh, discussion, I think. But it's uh, it's something that does help, you know, for players. Maybe a few years ago, if you were ranked, you know, 100, you weren't able, you weren't sure how you were getting to your next tournament. Uh, you know, that's just you had to figure out: was I going to share a room with someone? Am I, you know, how many rackets am I going to get strong? And I feel like those are kind of the mental stresses that. I feel like way on a player that maybe they don't want to play anymore. Like, how long do you want to do that for? And I feel, you know, I'm sure there is something to be said about having a little bit more prize money and being a little bit more comfortable, being able to take your coach with you or your significant other. I mean, all these things help with not just you physically, but mentally. And I think it's all part of of sports, all part of life. So what... uh... What do you want people to, you know, people are writing, I'm sure you're getting 
hourly questions <laughs> and it, it, by the minute. What do you want people to know? I mean, there's a lot of concern about you. And I think, I mean, honestly, I think some of this was the video that people saw. And But I think you're a well-liked, colorful figure. <laughs> you've, you've got a lot of, uh, you have a social media following. I mean, what, what do you want people to know? I think I want people to know that I will be back, number one. Uh, number two, I am choosing to have a good attitude about the whole situation and it's not that I don't have negative thoughts in my mind that pop up here and there or have a down moment but you know there's so much to look forward to and I'm taking it one day at a time I'm a big believer in living in the moment and right now my moment is not on the court and that's you know I think kind of letting go of that expectation and wishing that it was something else I feel like that's a very zen kind of thought right there is you know we suffer because we have expectations we put we we would rather be doing something else than what what is actually happening and I feel like that's something that I'm in the process of living it that I've still got to enjoy the moment even though I'm not on the tennis court and that's where I love to be that's my passion um that's where I feel at home but I'll be back it will be there like tennis will be there (laughs) waiting for me and until then, um, I, you know, I'm going to keep everybody updated on my you're not, kind of on uh, my journey. You're not disappearing. Until... I'm not. I'm not disappearing. And I'll let you guys. I'll let. Every, I'm. I'm being pretty open on my social media, on on both on my Snapchat, on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook. I'm being really kind of giving you an inside look on my journey, um, kind of from basically starting over, starting not being able to move to me back on the court, and that's going to be over the next few months. So. Stay tuned. We'll see you at the Open? <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. And I'll be at the Open. Yeah. And if people want to send you uh, Coco Vandoy tacos or uh, <laughs> people want to send you bottles of tequila, you'll... Uh, I'll accept you'll, right you're, now. You're putting, I think you need a P.O. box on your Instagram that you, uh, yes. you share with people. I will. Yes, I will accept any kind of form of junk food and some adult libations. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We'll, uh, we'll do this again. We'll, like... Keep you yeah, let's do it again. Do it again. Yeah. You got it. I love it. Very good. All right. Enjoy the city. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. That does it for this week. Thanks to our guest, Bethany Maddox-Sands. Always fun to do these uh, not by phone, not by Skype, but do them in person. This was an unusual set of circumstances, but we're happy it worked out. Thanks to our producer, Jamie Lasanti, fresh off her first Sports Illustrated cover story, I'll have you know. Um... We thank her, as always. Thanks to you guys for listening. Again, you have guests. We are uh, happy to try and make them happen. Some of your suggestions uh, have been fantastic, and they've worked out great. That will do it for this week. Um, Enjoy the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Again, thanks to Bethany uh, for the time. We'll have another guest next week. Until then, enjoy the weekend. We'll do it in seven days. All right, take care. Mm-hmm.